0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. We are going
1: to continue in our series on the Ephesus Exhortation. And so now we're in part six, and I'm just going to pick it up here in verse 23, where it says, the Holy Spirit testifies. This Apostle Paul talking about what awaits him. He's sharing it with the elders of the church at Ephesus as he's on his way to Jerusalem, where he's about to face some serious, serious persecution. Verse 23 again, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulation await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God." We want to be just like the Apostle Paul where nothing moves us. And that really is the whole purpose of this series. Going through it verse by verse is to help us get, help get us rooted and grounded in God in such a way that nothing can uproot us. Nothing can move us. Nothing can shake us out of the place that God has placed us in. Nothing can shake loose from our lives the things that God has given to us, that he's imparted into us. We are immovable, unshakable. Why? Because we're rooted. We're rooted and grounded. Again, not just a little superficial faith in the word of God, but getting down deep into the word, getting down deep into God's righteousness, his right way of doing things, his right way of living. Proverbs chapter 12, in verse 3, it says, A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. Cannot be moved. Everybody say, Cannot. Cannot, cannot be moved. Notice it's the root of the righteous not the leaves not the leaves not the twigs not the branches the winds of of tribulation get blowing in our lives and yeah there might be some movement there might be some movement there might be some things that we need to shift and move around there's some things that we need to change we need to we need to flow and bob and weave with the with the Attacks of the enemy, the lies and deceptions of the devil. But we're not moved out of our place. See, in other words, we're flexible. We're not a bunch of stiffs. We'll move. We'll move. We'll adjust. But we're not going to be moved out of our place. We're going to stay in the place, in the grace... That God has planted us in. And we're not going to be moved out of it. Uh, the wicked. They're not established. No matter how much they try to establish themselves. Everything they do will eventually. At some point. Crumble. Be shook. Will fall. I mean they can build stuff pretty high. But eventually it all comes down. But not you and I. You and I stay unmoved. And what we're building. What we're building will endure the trials and tests of life and endure even into eternity. Into eternity where we'll stand before the Lord and be rewarded for our works. Our works because they weren't burned up. They weren't destroyed. But they stood fast. They stood fast. No more superficial believing. There's so much superficial Christianity in the world today. We we, we want to be deep. I said we want to be deep, deep, deep in God, deep in the truth of the Word of God. It's one thing to just know the Word mentally. and It's another thing when everything in the world comes against you and tries to tell you it's not happening the way God said it. Everything's just the opposite of what the Word says. And you just stand there and say, nope. I know the truth. No, 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 I don't care what this looks like. It doesn't matter. I know God's for me, who could be against me? No, we got this. this is, God's already got this thing covered. This is, this is already taken care of. He's already promised it to me in the Word. <laughs> and you just start laughing. Just start laughing. If you really want to drive the devil crazy, just start laughing. I got news for you. The devil's got no sense of humor. He doesn't like laughing. He likes depression. He likes frustration. He likes scoffing and mocking, but he doesn't like joy. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you have joy this morning? Praise God forever. We got joy in the midst of whatever. Just like the Apostle Paul talked about, he talked about finishing his race or running his race with joy. Running our races with joy. That's how we're to run our race, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And how many people know you have a race to run? Say, I have, to run. I have a race to run. Yeah, so notice again what he says here in verse 24. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, that I may finish my, that I may finish my race. And, and something else, and the ministry... Which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Notice, you have a race and a ministry. And a ministry. These are actually two separate things. And you need to know the difference between the two. We don't want to confuse the two. You don't want to confuse your race with your ministry or your ministry with your race. What is your race? Well, let's look at this verse a little closer. Again, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life. Everybody say my life. life. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race. My race is my life. And then he goes on, and the ministry... Which I received from the Lord. Notice the ministry, the ministry I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel. Talking about the ministry. So my race is my life, and the ministry is the grace. To testify of the gospel of our Lord. So your race is about the way you live your life. That's your race. How you live in your life. Your ministry is about the way you help others live their life. That's what ministry is all about. Ministry isn't for you. It's for someone else. It's to help other people. Your race is about the way you live. Your ministry is about the way you give. Life is not ministry, and ministry is not your life. Ministry is an overflow of your life. Your life needs to be all about living for the Lord, obeying the gospel, and walking in His grace. So, my life is the Lord. My ministry is what I've received from the Lord. There's a difference receiving something from the Lord and the Lord. The Lord is our life, our ministry is what we've received from the Lord. Now, a lot of folks, when they hear ministry, they just think, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. I mean, I'm not called to be a pastor. You know, I'm not called to stand behind a pulpit and minister the gospel. Well, see, a ministry is a whole lot more than just the five-fold ministry. Which is the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Ephesians tells us that the five-fold ministry is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You're the saints... And you've got a ministry to fulfill. And so the pastor is to help you be equipped to fulfill the ministry that you have. You say, well, what is it? Well, get to praying. Get to walking with God so much that you're overflowing with him. Because ministry doesn't start until we're overflowing overflowing with the gospel, overflowing with the grace of God, overflowing with the Lord Jesus that we are living out every day. We're living for him. We're living by him. We're yielding ourselves to his ability, his strength. We're learning to depend completely on his grace and not on the arm of the flesh. And as we lean on him and trust in him, we're going to be being filled with him. Being filled with him to the point of overflowing. And when we hit the overflow, get ready. Doors will start opening. And God will start showing you places to go and people to see. And you'll be able to become a great blessing to others. So your race is about you getting to where you're supposed to be. Being strong in the Lord. In the power of his might, walking by faith and not by sight, trusting in him, filled and overflowing with him. Your joy and your peace is in him. It's not in what you do. It's not in the things you accomplish. It's in him. It's in receiving and yielding to him, having him, living for him. That is your life. That is your race. How well you're running. How well are you growing spiritually? How well are you growing your faith? How well are you growing in love? How well are you getting to know the Lord? How real is he becoming to you? How well are you hearing from him? The Bible says, those who are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons of God, not, we're that's all my baby Christians anymore. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, the Bible says, well, thank God for newborn babes. We need to be birthing babes. We need to bring, be bringing people into the kingdom of God, bring them into the knowledge of the Lord. But it's hard for a baby to win a baby. It's just hard for babies to win babies. It's hard for a baby to change a baby's diaper. I've never seen it happen right? And even a little child. You know, you don't want to just turn a baby over to a little child and say, well, daddy and I are going out of the house. Now, you kids take care of the baby. And when I say kids, we're talking about five-year-olds. You know, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, you take care of the baby. We're going out for the night. Now, you know what to do. That would not be smart. That would not be smart if you love the baby. You don't do that. It's hard for little children. It's hard for babies to take care of, of babies. But you and I are to grow up and come into a place where we're birthing babies. We're birthing babies. We're banging them out. We're getting people born again. We're getting people saved. Come on, somebody. We're bringing people into the knowledge of the Lord. See, that's your ministry. But first, you got your race. And your race is you walking in God's grace for yourself. It's you growing up spiritually. And we got to get fired up. We got to get passionate about this race that is set before us. Get to run and get to move. Man, when I got saved, I got fired up. I mean, I, I ran when I understood that I could understand the Bible. I mean, I just started digging into it. Just started digging into it. You know, just studying the Word. I study the Word. You know, I love these, these Bibles. They got references, you know. You read a scripture and it has a little reference here to another scripture. You go look that scripture up and you see how they all connect together. And you start seeing how this, all, the, all these dots connect and, and begin to create this picture before you. That you see and trans, it transforms your life. I mean, it's thrilling. The Bible doesn't talk about walking a race. I've never seen a race that you walk. I've never seen a race where you just kind of hang out and stand there and just stay status quo, not going anywhere. I mean, with a race, you're moving. You're going fast. You're bypassing those that are just sitting there in the stands watching. You're going right past them. You're going right past anybody that's walking along. You're just running right past them. True? True? What are you doing? If you're not running, are you in a race? It's not much of a race if you ain't running. And you're supposed to be running. You're supposed to be in a race. The race of your life. The race to live right. The race to live for righteousness. The race to live the way God ordains you to live. Man, I want everything God's got for me. It's okay to talk about yourself. You got a race. You need to be interested in yourself. You need to care about yourself. You need to care about how you're living your life, what you're doing, where you're going. As for me, I want to be a success. I want to live for God. I want to fulfill, I want to fulfill his purpose for me. I want to be blessed. I want the blessing of God in my life. Because I know that's what he wants for me. He wants me blessed. He wants me to get to know him. I, I, I want to get to know him. I want to know him. Yeah, I care. I care about me. I care about me. Remember, Jesus said, "Love others as you love your." So, if you don't care much about yourself, if you're not running, you're not really going anywhere. You're not really interested in doing much, for, you know, in life. Just hey, just just give me my little white picket fence, and maybe a cat or a dog in the yard, and just live. Let me live a common life. That's all I need. That's all I want. Well, you ain't running. You're not running. You're not in the race. You're up in the stands. You're just watching. So there's no reward for you, there's no prize for you. It's those who run, it's those who win that lay hold of the prize. They're the ones that receive the rewards. I, don't, I just want to live a, I just, I just, listen, I'm a real simple person. I don't care what you are. What is God and what is he called you to be? You find out who you are by finding out what he says about you. You don't define you. His word defines you. you too many people define, well, you know, I'm like this. You know, I'm like, I don't. What does he say? What does he say? And he has a lot to say about you being fervent in spirit. Passionately serving the Lord. Walking with him. Knowing him. Philippians. Chapter 3. In verse 7. Hear how the apostle talks about his life, about himself. He says in verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. For Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. My Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all... I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. This is... this. you understand? This is the Apostle Paul. This man knows God. I mean, Jesus has appeared to him. He's had visions of God. He's had so much revelation from heaven that when he writes his words... Are the word of God? This man knows God, and yet look at him. He's not like, Yeah, I've learned, yeah, I've known, yeah, I've got that. No, I'm getting it. And I'm going after more of it. Man, oh man, that I might gain Christ. Now, wait, a Paul. What do you mean, gain Christ? Don't you already have Christ? Don't you have Christ already? Yeah, but I don't have a hold of him like I could have a hold of him. I don't know him like I could know him. Oh, you know him pretty good, Paul. Yeah, but there's a whole lot more where that came from. And I'm going to get all I can get. Why? Because it's transforming. It's God. We're talking about life. We're talking about the blessing. He is the blessing. He is life. That I may gain him, verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. It's all about him, isn't it? My own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. He's like, man, I want to lay a hold more on this righteousness of God. I want to grow in my faith. And walk more in this righteousness. See, I want to. I, I won't be satisfied until I awaken his likeness. Until I'm walking like he walked. Talking like he talked. Where I look just like the master in my everyday life. Doing it Jesus' way. Doing it his way. Verse 10. That I may know him. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I mean, this is a man that really did know the power of the resurrection. I mean, he had such an anointing upon his life that people began to give him handkerchiefs and things, cloths, that he would just put his hands on. They would, become, they would come into contact with his body. And the power of the resurrection was so on his life that it surcharged those cloths. And that they would take those cloths to those who were sick. Those who were dealing with demons. And they lay those cloths on the person. And when the person made contact with those cloths, the power that was transmitted into the cloths from Paul's body jumped out onto the sick, onto the oppressed... And delivered and healed them. Miracles happened. Miracles happened because of the power that flowed out of this man. And here he has the audacity to say, That I may know the power of his resurrection. Yeah, because there's a whole lot more. There's a whole lot more to know. We're just scratching the surface. Come on, somebody. I mean, uh, some people go out and they dunk their head under the water a little bit. And they go, man, I'm deep. Some people, they get them a little snorkel, you know. And they get down there. And, and those things, you know, you ever go out in the ocean with, with a snorkel, you know, you, you, can't, you can't go very low. You know, if a wave comes, it goes down the tube and, the, and then you, you drink it in not a pleasant experience so so you got to stay and and but it's really cool you know floating on the surface there but you put the goggles on <laughs> you know you're down there and I, sh- I was chasing crabs one time out there I had my little net I'd find those crabs hanging out under the sand and, man I'd go get the crabs it's great but you can't go you know you're you're under there I mean you're seeing what people on the beach can't see they can't see the crabs they can't see the the nice pretty fish going past you down there. I'm seeing the fish. Ooh, that's cool. I'm reaching out trying to grab fish. I mean, it's fun. But see, they're not experiencing any of that up on the beach, or even those just standing in the ocean. They're not. They're not. They're not seeing any of this stuff. I'm seeing. This is great. I mean, I just loved hanging out. I mean, I hang out there until my my back is sunburned. You know, it's just really great. <laughs> just chasing after those chasing after those fish and things. Just looking down there. But then you can trade in your snorkel, and you can go ahead and put your scuba gear on, right? Then you can put that on, scuba gear. Put your scuba gear on and go down deeper, amen. You can go down and you can breathe at greater depths than you could for the guy that's just got his little snorkel in his nose, his mouth, amen. Do you see that? See, there's depths to go behind you know there's a level that a scuba diver can't go. The pressure gets too much. Now he's got to get himself inside some kind of like submarine and go down in that submarine. And then there's different levels of submarines that go can go different levels deep in the ocean. And I mean, you know, there's some submarines, they go if they go down too far, man, I'll just crush like a tin can because of the pressure. Of that ocean. Just crushed like a tin can. There's only so far they can go down. But in God, or I should say in Christ, in Him, when you're born again, you're in Him. Oh, man. You can just go down and down and down and down and down. And there's no being crushed. Just being more blessed. And, man, you know, I've seen documentaries where there's stuff so deep in the ocean I mean, it, it, there's no light down there. And these, these creatures, man, they are bizarre looking. You ever see those? You ever see a documentary? it got all these kind of real strange alien-like beings down there deep in the ocean. It's, it's stuff nobody knows about. They just live all the way down there. Nobody even knows about them, but they live down there. Pressure's not too great for them. You can live down there. You can live down in the depth of God. Live down in the depth of his word, in the depth of his spirit. Man, we've been called to this. I said, we've been called to this. And so it would be a shame to spend your whole life just standing there on the beach saying, It's cold. You put your foot in the water and go, it's cold. Some people come to church and they do that, you know. It's like, it's cold. It's uncomfortable what the pastor's saying. That's uncomfortable. Some people get a little bold and go, no, bless God, I can get in this. Woo-hoo. In the natural, that's me many times. My kids go running, dive in there. I'm like, wow, come on, Dad. I see a wave coming. I don't want to get too wet, you know. It's cold. (laughs) Not in God. We need to be bold. Not worry about it being cold. Come on, somebody. We got to be bold. We got to charge. Run. Run. Charge into the grace of God. Dive in head first, bless God. Like you're in a race. Man, let's dive in head first. Let's kick. Let's swing our arms in the air like we just don't care. Come on, somebody. Let's praise God. Let's get in there. Let's flow. Let's go. In the grace of God. It's a race to be run. And I'm telling you what, if you're not excited about the race, then you're not going to be much of a runner. Because anybody that runs a race is excited. Right? I mean, they're, they're preparing for it. They prepare and they prepare and they prepare and they're stretching and they're working out and they're making sure they get the right amount of carbohydrates the night before so they have energy to finish the race. And I mean, they think this thing... And then when they get out there, they're passionate about it. They're passionate about it. They're very, they're very aware of what they're wearing, everything about them, about themselves. They're not just haphazard. In the way they go through life. And neither are we. Because we're runners. Amen. Amen. Swimmers. We are those who enter the race. The race of life. The race God has for our life. And we want to run it. I said we want to run it with all our heart, fervently, so that we win. So that we win. Nobody runs a race without wanting to win. I mean, maybe there are people that do, but I mean, that sounds like a waste to me. It's like people that go fishing, and they're not going to take anything home to eat. That's boring to me. I don't understand that. I mean, some of you can't relate to me, but I can't relate to you. I mean, these folks, who go out there, they go fish. They have no intention of bringing a thing home for food. It's like, if I'm going to go fishing, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to catch something. I'm going to take it. I'm going to finish the job. I'm going to slice the thing apart. I'm going to eat it. I want to eat it, just like those crabs. I want to eat the thing. But these guys, they go out there, they catch these big fish, and they go, oh, look at this, they take pictures. And then they unhook the thing, throw it back in the water. Go, Boy, wasn't that a great day of fishing? It's like, well, where's the fish? I don't have any. That's a great day of fishing? Come home with no fish? Oh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, that just sounds boring to me. I, I want to eat the prize. You understand? I don't want to just look at it and go, there it is, and throw it back. Let somebody else have it. I mean, if I caught it, I want to eat it. <laughs> That's just how I am. You know, some things just don't make sense to me. The ministry is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. My race is to live by that grace. Not just testify of it, but live by it. There's too many people, you know, they get the Word of God and all they think about is just giving it to somebody else. You know? No, I want to I live it. I want to live it. I want to live it for me. I mean, when I, when I went to Bible school, I didn't go there to be trained for the ministry. I didn't think I was. I mean, that's what they said. I was they, When I got there, they said, you're all here being trained for the ministry. I was like, I am. I was, I was just there to get more of God. I mean, I just knew that's where he was leading me to go, and I, I was ready to go. I mean, I was, whatever I had to leave, whatever I had to do, I mean, I wanted to go. I wanted to get a hold of what God had for me. I wanted to get a hold more of God. You know, I was really enjoying what I was getting, so I wanted to get more of it. And so, you know, I was out there to get him, and then, uh, you know, at the same time, I was being trained for ministry, but I was really just being trained in the Word, that's really what it was, just being trained in the Word of God, just, just, just really getting deep into the Word of God, and then it's being deep in the Word, and the Word deep in you that allows you to overflow and be a, an abundant blessing to other people, makes you a blessing to other people, but we're not just doing it to be a blessing. I'm not, I'm not in the Word for somebody else. I don't, I don't just study the Word so I can come up with sermons for you. I don't, I don't study the Word. I study the Word because I want, I want the Word. I want to know God. And I'm just as excited about what, what's coming out of the spout this morning as you should be. I mean, you know, this past weekend, we had a, we had a marriage weekend. Man, I feel, I feel more in love with my wife. My marriage feels stronger. It just feels stronger. Why? Because I'm a partaker of this grace of God. I'm not just here to give it. I want to get it too. That's really what it's all about for me. It's about getting it. And then it just overflows. See? He just overflows into other people's lives. Makes you a blessing. And I like being a blessing. Don't get me wrong. Love being a blessing. Want to fulfill my ministry. Want to be a giver. Want to help other people. Want to be a strength to them. But I know it comes out of being strong myself. Being strong in the grace of God. You don't want to just be strong for yourself. Just be strong enough So that you can be happy. That's not what you're created for. And if that's what you shoot for, you'll probably fall short of it. Because it's not the goal. I said it's not the goal. It's not what God has called you to. To just stop there. With you. Being happy. No, no, no. You want to be so abundantly blessed that you're overflowing. And you're able to have a ministry and be a blessing to other people. Can you say amen? So my ministry is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. My race is to live by that grace. Testify. Testify. Does anybody have a testimony? One hand and a couple groans. Does anybody in here have a testimony? Praise God. Talk about it. Share the word with others. Why? Because you're excited about it. Let's just be excited enough where we want to share it with other people. And guess what? Now you got a ministry. You're testifying of the gospel of God's grace. You're helping people. But for you, you're just having a blessing, a blessed time sharing. What blesses you? Jesus. Has Jesus been a blessing to anybody? Yeah. Praise God! Don't you want to talk about it? Don't you just want to talk about what He's done for you lately? Don't you want to talk about the goodness of God? Yeah, testify. Testify of His grace. And there you go, man. That's it. That's the overflow. That's the overflow. Testifying of His grace, talking about His goodness and what He's done for you. So say, I have a ministry to fulfill. It's to help take the gospel to others. To others. So again, life is a race, and a race is all about winning. It's about you being a winner. Isn't that an awesome thing No, God wants you to be a winner? He wants you to be a winner. In every area of life, he wants you to win. He wants you to leap over the hurdles. He wants you to come in first place. He wants you to be on top. He wants you to excel and be the best at everything. That's what he wants for you. That's an awesome thing. That that's God's desire for your life. Man, you should want to take hold of that grace. And say, yes, yes, yes. Make me the best in everything. I want to excel in all things. I want to be at the top of everything that I can be at the top of. He has called you more than conquerors. See, that's a winner winner. He wants you to prosper. What do you mean? He wants you to succeed. What do you mean? He wants you to win. He wants you to be victorious. And praise God through him. We can always triumph. We can always win. Hallelujah. Always. Always win. Doesn't matter. You might have run and and you've hit that hurdle a few times and fallen down on your face. Get up. There's grace to get up. There's grace to continue. And there's grace to make up For where you've messed up. There's grace to make up for it. To make up for your mess ups. (laughs) I've set myself so far back. Come on somebody. There's grace to make up for the mess up. (laughs) Hallelujah. I mean I think of Moses right? Did he mess up? 40 years of age. And what does he do? He goes out there and in the flesh. In the flesh tries to deliver God's people. Tries to fulfill his ministry. Goes out there without God. Without the direction of the Spirit of God. Without the grace of God. Ends up killing an Egyptian taskmaster. Well, it's found out about. Next thing you know, Moses is running for his life because Pharaoh wants to kill him. And so he's now out there in the wilderness. Five years goes by. Five years. Ten years. Ten long yeah, A whole decade goes by. Fifteen years. Twenty years out in the wilderness, out there keeping the, keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, you know, just working out there. 25, 30 years goes by. 35 years. And suddenly one day at 40 years of age, 40 years of age, he's just out there doing what he does. And all of a sudden he looks up and there's a bush that appears to be on fire. And God calls Moses to go into Egypt and deliver his people. Think about the ministry that Moses had. Think about what he did, the miracles, the power of God. I mean, it was spectacular. He delivered one man, delivered by the grace of God, delivered an entire nation. He had no idea that that was going to happen. He had, no, he had figured he had messed it up. He knew he was called, but he had messed it up. But God never gave up. God still had plans for him to take him and use him in a way that was miraculous. In a way that would cause us to talk about him still today. Wow. Wouldn't you like to have done what Moses did? The Bible says we have, a new, we have a greater ministry than Moses. We have something that's even better than him. Well, man, what is that? Well, let's go find out. Let's dig into it, man. Let's get there. If we can have more than what Moses had, then bless God. Let's get it. Let's get it. Don't look around at the people around. Don't even look at me. Just take hold of the word of God that you're hearing and say, I'm going to get that. Now, pastor, if you slow down, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go right past you. I'm going to go right past you. That's got to be your attitude. You see somebody that's out in front of you, praise God. Hallelujah. They're showing you the way. But they better watch it because if they just slow down a little bit, you're going to go right past them. You're Going to go right past them in the grace of God. Go right past them in the blessing of the Lord. Is that your attitude? That needs to be in they, Sin They, They get all the blessings. I don't get anything. Well, go get it. Well, I, you know, they're, they're gifted. They're special. You know, some people are just special. Yeah. You know who's special? Those who believe they're special. Those who believe God says they're special. And he says, every one of you are special. Ooh. There's no telling what you might do. I mean, the darkness trembles. I can almost get butterflies thinking of looking at some of you. Ah, Lord Jesus. What in the world might you do? Don't you dare compare yourself to the flesh of someone else. Don't you dare look at your flesh and judge yourself accordingly. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. You look in the Word of God and you understand there's no limit. To where you might go and what you might do. And I got news for you with God, it's never too late. Didn't we learn that with Lazarus? I mean, in the grave four days. Martha, Lazarus' sister, yet us says, Lord, he stinketh by now. It's nice when your sister's saying things about you like that. He stinketh. Jesus says, roll the stone. Roll the stone away. Lazarus, come out. I'm not done with you yet. Yes, sir. He came out with grave clothes on. He's all wrapped up like a mummy, you know. Yes, sir. I'm ready to go. I mean, he just stood there at attention in front of that grave. Jesus said, go over there. Loose him and let him go. They unraveled the guy, and then he went out. And man, he un- he unnerved demons. I mean, you know the Pharisees when they saw all this happening, they they plotted against Lazarus to kill him. It's like, don't you guys learn? He was already dead for four days, and now he's alive. And you're going to plot to kill him again? <laughs> Do you understand death can't keep a God-man down? Do you understand that? That if God is is for you, death itself cannot stop you? It's not over till it's over, folks. I got news for you. Get in the race. Get in the race. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how rich you are or poor you are. Get in the race, and God will move you along. And before you know it, she'll be in the front. You'll be our front runner. Because with God, all things are possible. And He says, All things are possible to Him that believes that all things are possible with God. If you believe all things are possible with God, then you believe, Bless God with God in me. All things are possible. With me. I believe. I believe God. Woo. Hallelujah. This is exciting. (laughs) Hallelujah. I said it's exciting. We got a race to run. We got a race to run. And races are for winners. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I mean, I'm the kind of person, if I watch a football game, I have a tough time just watching it without hitting somebody. I, I've even tried to tackle my wife a couple times at, during the intermission, you know. <laughs> it's hard. I said, it's hard just to watch when you're a runner, when you're a fighter, when you're a competitor. When you're someone that is a winner, you want to get in there, and you want to play ball. You want to do it. You want to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, let's go. I'm getting fired up in here. Don't you sit there and look at me like that. I'll come down there. This is our house. It ain't the devil's house. This is our country. This ain't the devil's country. Jesus is Lord here. Yeah. We're the church. Yeah. We're the bride of Christ. Yeah. We're winners. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hey, yeah. give him a shout. Yeah. Ah! It's a little pregame prep rally, you know. I'm ready to go. She asked, Who's playing today? I want someone to answer that question. Who's playing today? Who's going in this game? And who's going to win? Yes, and amen. Man, I really want to come down there right now. Ooh, shikala basata. We are. We are. Hallelujah. Come on, glory. <laughs> Give me some glory. Give me some glory. Give me some glory. glory. Praise God. We've got to have the glory. Yeah. We're winners. Yeah. We compete for the prize. Yeah. We're going for the goal. Yeah. We're not just here to play church. Play some religious game. Doesn't matter if who wins. Everybody gets a prize. Everybody gets a prize, whether you try to win or you don't. As long as you show up, we're going to give you a certificate that you came to church. You're special. You didn't just come to church. We came to get closer to God. And to walk out of here was something we didn't have when we walked in here. Like a revelation, like an understanding, like some motivation. Like some fear of the Lord, some passion, yeah. some fervency, yeah. some greater faith. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Thank God for the word. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. We're not quite there yet. We, we got to get some Gatorade in some of you. <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll squirt it in here in your mouth and get you going here. Some high-powered Gatorade. (laughs) Oh, man. little energy booster. Amen. (laughs) Ooh, Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1. Here it comes. Here it comes. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by the devil, he's all around us, What are we going to do now? He's got us surrounded. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what it says. That's what I've been hearing a lot. But the Bible says, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice, the race has to deal with the way we live. Has to deal with us. It deals with us. The weights, the sins in our life. He says, lay them aside. You've got a race to run. Listen, you've got a purpose for your life. As long as you're breathing air down here on planet Earth, you've got an amazing purpose. But you see, if you don't know that and you think that you're just kind of just making a living through your job and raising your kids, which are getting older, and they're well, maybe they've already left the house, you don't have much going on. You don't have much to do. See, then you're going to be passive. You're not going to be passionate. You're not going to live with a fervent spirit. Because your best days are behind you. It's over now. Moses was 80 years old. I mean, come on. His best days were behind him now. It's over. Do you have any idea what you can accomplish in prayer alone? Prayer alone can change the world. One person's prayer can change a nation. It can change everything. I mean, a lot of us are familiar with Charles Finney. A great revivalist, and I mean, he he wherever he went, he'd preach, people would repent. I mean, people would run to the altar to give their life to the Lord. Wherever he'd go, he'd go there on horseback, you know, and and people would repent, get their lives right with God. But before he went into a certain place to minister, there was this gentleman, his name they called him Father Nash father Nash and he would go in places where he knew Finney would be going and he'd go into those places and he'd just get a hotel and find some place to stay and just lock himself in a room and he would just pray he would pray in tongues he would cry out to God he would intercede he would just get deep into the spirit and he would lay hold of souls by faith in prayer And then by the time Finney got there, man, it was already prepared for him spiritually. And people just ran to the altar. People just ran. And you say, man, that Finney is something else. My goodness, man, what a preacher he is. What a powerhouse he is. Amazing man of God. And meanwhile, Father Nash, it slips out the back door, and nobody even knows. Here, in the natural. But God knows. Amen. Father Nash knows. He walks away with a smile knowing, we got him. We got him. Praise God. He hooked him in the spirit. And then Finney just pulled him in with the net, with the gospel net. Praise God. I'm telling you, you and the Holy Spirit together. I mean, think about what Jesus accomplished in three years. Of, he had a three-year ministry, and he turned the world upside down. Come on, don't, don't let time limit you. Don't let age limit you. You are limitless in the Lord. You got a life to fulfill. You got a life to fulfill. God's life. That's the life you are to be living and overflowing into other people's lives and being a blessing. Can you say amen? Looking, verse 2 looking unto Jesus. Not just preaching about Jesus. This is about the race. The race is about you, your life. Look it unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice this. The race is personal. It's about you. It's about you laying aside weights and sins and things that beset you, things that hold you back, things that keep you from staying on track. You got to lay those things aside. Lay it aside, looking unto Jesus. That's you. You looking unto Jesus to know Jesus for yourself. To know him and the power of his resurrection. To know him. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. And he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We're talking about your faith. Your faith. Growing your faith. Hallelujah. How many people are going to grow in their faith? Now, maybe next time we'll get into ministry a little bit heavier. We don't really have to because, remember, at the beginning of this series, you spent a lot of time talking about your calling. We talked about ministry. We've spent quite a bit of time on that, so I don't know if if we're going to do that. But let's let's get a hold of this race, and let's get running today. Let's get running. Let's pick up the pace because we're in it to win it. That's, that's, That's why we're in it. We're in it to win it. Who in the world wants to watch a ball game? You know, you see these reruns. You know your team lost, and you're going to watch the rerun. Yeah, let's watch that again. That's exciting. Really? <laughs> we're, in, we're in. Now, watch it again if they won. I want to see that again. You know, just want to just want to look just 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 indulge in the in the victory. Praise God forever. Say I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. Now, I'm passionate for the prize, which is the grace of God to be like him, walk in his righteousness, to know his power, to be an example of him to the world. Can you say amen? Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord. Pray. Get up like you got purpose. We need to walk through this life like we got Purpose. Like, we're going somewhere. Somebody say, I'm going somewhere to happen. Ooh, hallelujah. You haven't seen the half of it yet. You know, we're going to really start kicking it. You know, you see these horse races, you know? You see this guy all the way in the back. And, you know, like the Kentucky Derby, right? And I mean, no, 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 they're all charging ahead. And you go, oh, this guy's got the victory, this guy up here. Or maybe it's that guy that's right there next to him. And all of a sudden you watch, and as they're getting closer and close, closer to the finish line, all of a sudden this guy starts jetting up. And you're like, what? Who in the world? What in the world? And next thing you know, he goes right ahead and wins the thing. How did he do that? That happens so many times, you know it just happened so many times where the guy that looks like he doesn't have a chance is the guy that ends up winning. Never underestimate. Never underestimate yourself. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, God.
0: That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.